Good afternoon and good evening to everyone. My name is Dave Frankowski and I'll be your moderator for today's class. And welcome to another lecture given by the Oceanside California class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. The school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh our Elohim and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given unto our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year of 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in the year of 1958, and we hold classes in the United States and in various other countries. The Oceanside class was established in 1994. At this time, I'd like to introduce to you the Dean of the Oceanside class, Dr. Dennis Volpe, and the President, Dr. Carl Emler. Now in this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title for the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The correct name for our Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The correct title for the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. And the correct name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and they are not names. The Apostle Paul filled with the Holy Spirit tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and there are God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike the titles of Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. It's a divine title because it's the title that our creator has chosen for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name and a minor investigation on your part into a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Hebrew, the Greek, nor the Latin languages have any letters or characters in their alphabet that would produce the sound that's made by the letter J. Neither was there a letter J in our own English language until some 1400 years after the death of the Messiah which would make such names as Jesus and Jehovah impossible renderings for the true name of our Father and His Son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state He is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, the limits and the bounds of everything that exists. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud, because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. 
we've drawn this cloud to extend all around the edges of this chart to show that everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh knowing that man could not perceive of him in his pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Yahweh Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form could only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body, and he walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, who the whole world calls Jesus Christ. Now there's only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question that we should ask ourselves is, what did they call the Savior when he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface to the Holy Name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It's the divine pattern because it's Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, he called Moses on top of Mount Sinai, and he showed him this threefold tabernacle pattern in a vision. Later on, Yahweh instructed Moses to build one in the wilderness of Sinai, exactly like the one he had seen in his vision on the mount. The tabernacle pattern is a threefold pattern consisting of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and it operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. This school has 10 primary constitutional objectives and aims, and they are as follows. One, to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Two, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Three, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Four, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, modern practical and occult science. Five, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Six, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seven, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons, operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eight, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith 
which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Nine, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained. There is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And ten, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth. We'll begin this afternoon with a prayer by Dr. Bruce Geller from our Oceanside, California class. And we'll have a scripture read, which will be Daniel, the ninth chapter. That'll be read by Dr. Jerry Geller from our Oceanside, California class. Thanks, Dave, and good afternoon and evening to everyone. <clears throat> May we all bow our hearts and minds unto our Heavenly Father, Yahweh. We want to Thank you, Yahweh, for the many blessings that you have bestowed upon all of us. We ask you to quiet our minds and our hearts down from the cares of this uh, world. We ask you to cause us to concentrate on the things that are being said and to take them to heart. We ask you to give us a believing heart, strengthen our belief in you because we know that we cannot believe any of this without you and without your guidance and without the Holy Spirit to do it with. We just uh, know that we need you now more than ever. And we ask that you open up our hearts and our minds and teach us what you want us to know. And uh, always keep us humble and grateful and not become vain in our imaginations, but to be a true son, son and daughter of, of the Most High. And we are just are very grateful for the things that you already have done for us and are continuing to do for us. In Yahshua the Messiah, our Savior's name, let us all say, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good afternoon, class. This afternoon, I'll be reading Daniel, the ninth chapter from the King James Version. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years whereof the word of Yahweh came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. And I set my face unto Yahweh Elohim to seek by prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto Yahweh my Elohim and made my confession and said, O Yahweh, the great and dreadful Elohim, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. We have sinned and committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled, even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants, the prophets, which spake in thy name 
to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. O Yahweh, righteousness belongeth unto thee, but unto us confusion of faces, as at this day to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and unto all Israel that are near and that are far off. Through all the countries whither thou hast driven them, because of their trespass, that they have trespassed against thee. O Yahweh, to us belongeth confusion of face, to our kings, to our princes, and to our fathers, because we have sinned against thee. To Yahweh our Elohim, because mercies and forgivenesses, though we have rebelled against him. Neither have we obeyed the voice of Yahweh our Elohim, to walk in his laws, which he set before us by his servants, the prophets. Yea, all Israel have transgressed thy law, even by departing, that they might not obey thy voice. Thereof the curse is poured upon us, and the oath that is written in the law of Moses, the servant of Yahweh, because we have sinned against him. And he hath confirmed his words, which he spake unto us, and against our judges that judged us by bringing upon us a great evil. For under the whole heaven have, hath not been done as hath been done in Jerusalem. As it is written in the law of Moses, as this evil is come upon us, yet made we not our prayer before Yahweh our Elohim, that we might turn from our iniquities and understand thy truth. Therefore hath Yahweh watched upon the evil and brought it among, upon us. For Yahweh our Elohim is righteous in all his works which he doeth, for we have obeyed not his voice. And now, O Yahweh our Elohim, that has brought thy people forth out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand, and hath gotten thee renowned as at this day, we have sinned and we have done wickedly. O Yahweh, according to all thy righteousness, I beseech thee, let thine anger and thy fury be turned away from the city Jerusalem, thy holy mountain, because of our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and thy people are become a reproach to all that are about us. Now, therefore, O our Elohim, hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplications and cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate for, the, for Yahweh's sake. O my Elohim, incline thine ear and hear, open thine eyes and behold our desolations and the city which is called by thy name. For we do not present our supplications before thee for our righteousnesses, but for thy great mercy. O Yahweh, O, hear, O Yahweh, forgive, O Yahweh, hearken and do, defer not for thine own sake, O my El, for thy city and thy people are called by thy name. And while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before Yahweh my Elohim for the holy mountain of my Elohim, Yea, while I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, 
whom I have seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation and informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. At the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon the holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the prince shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublesome times. And after threescore and two weeks shall the Messiah be cut off, but not for himself and the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary and the end thereof shall be with a flood and unto the end of the war desolations are determined. And he shall confirm the covenant which many for one week at, in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate even unto the consummation and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Daniel, the ninth chapter. Thank you, Dr. Jerry Geller and Dr. Bruce Geller. Our scripture readers this afternoon will be Dr. Linda Volpe from our Oceanside, California class, and Dr. Sharon Welch from our Syracuse, New York class. Speakers, please be advised there'll be a five-minute warning sign that'll appear on your screen. Please acknowledge when you've seen the screen. And our first speaker this afternoon will be Dr. Sharon Welch from our Syracuse, New York class. And I will help Dr. Volpe read while Dr. Welch is up. Okay. Oh. <clears throat> oh, thank you. I hope that uh, Joshua has something to say through me in the edified body because that's what we're here for. To, um, you know, preach the gospel of Joshua the Messiah and in hopes that... Um, someone gets just a little bit more of the piece of the puzzle. And Dr. Kinley, on one of the sound clouds, he, he say he, he likes to do puzzles, you know. You get that, uh, <clears throat> those pieces of the puzzle, and every piece gives you a little bit of the, of the, of the picture. And, you know, that's what we're doing down here is getting a little bit at a time and getting a little bit more of the picture or a little bit more of uh, Yahweh's purpose and how it, it's unfolding through um, these ages and dispensations that we're experiencing down here. You know, he keeps saying, this is a school, it's not a church. You, you know, if you stumbled across this uh, teaching, 
we have to realize that, uh, you know, we're not a church as the world uh, knows a church to be. But the, the, the definition of a church is assembly. Now, we're assembling, see, but we're not physically assembling. But we still are assembling because we are gathering together in, in like-minded um, in these Zoom classes. And uh, if, you know, people that are viewing us on YouTube, uh, most people that view us, you know, are like-minded. And they tune in to hear or to get a little bit more of the piece of the puzzle. You know, Yahweh is spirit. And, you know, he knows that man cannot receive of him in that pure spirit state. And that's why he took on shape and form, just as the moderator said. And through that, see, we just get a vision or we get in a revelation of, you know, Yahweh's purpose. And you see how that, you know, Moses, the vision of the, the days of creation, see, he had to break that down into seven days. But we learned down here that while Yahweh speaks, it's done. That's all he has to do is speak it and it's done. But it took um, yeah, Moses seven days to understand how that creation came in. Now, just imagine, you know, we read back there in Genesis and it takes you what? Uh, maybe a minute to read how that the first day was created. But imagine, uh, uh, you know, a 24-hour um, day of explaining how that happened. That blows my mind to think that, you know, one day uh, was spent on explaining or showing Moses how that one day was created. So you see how that there's a lot more in this vision um, that we don't really know about and that we are coming to find out as we come down here and learn more about Yahweh's purpose and plan. So, you know, we come in here and, uh, you know, the first thing that I remember learning was that Yahshua's, you know, name being Yahshua because he is uh, your savior and that his name means that Yahweh is salvation, which makes so much more sense than having it to be Jesus, which, which does not. <clears throat> you know, mean or show forth any kind of salvation. So we learned that his name is Yahshua. And then we learned that Yahweh, you know, the Lord and God are not names. I never, never even thought about that. But once you're told that, then you go, oh, yeah, that's right. A Lord is not a name. You know, we got Lord Baltimore. We, you know, we, there's all the landlord. It, they're not names. 
and and it just dawns on you. You get a little more piece of the puzzle that Lord is not a name. And when he gives a name to Moses at that Murney Bush, he's not giving him a title. He's giving him a name. And that name is Yahweh. <clears throat> and it's it's common now in, in most uh, organized religions, I should say. Uh, they recognize that name as being Yahweh. <clears throat> more so now than when I first came into class. See, but that name, Yahshua, really is uh, a stumbling block for most um, Christianity and most religions out in the world. <clears throat> you know, they, they do not want to give up their Jesus. <clears throat> now, Yahshua, he came in with a purpose. And it was really foretold in our scripture reading. There's a lot in the scripture reading tonight. Um, not claiming that I know it all. Uh, it's, there's a lot in it. But um, I would like to um, just pick up. Um, when Gabriel came to him, day 21. Daniel 9 and 21. Yea, while I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. Linda. So, you know, we always say Moses had a vision, right? Yeah, we, we can't really hear you, Sharon. Really? Okay, now we got you. Unless oh, it was okay. Okay. Sorry. So we we show you how that Moses had a vision. You know, Nadab and Abayu uh, had a vision on the mount. We show you how all the way down through the law and the prophets, we, you know, they Yahweh came to them in a vision. Now we're showing that David here, he Daniel, sorry, Daniel had a vision from Gabriel because Gabriel is Yahweh's messenger. So he's having a vision uh, from Gabriel. And what is Gabriel saying to him? And he informed me and talked with me and said, oh, Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. So he's given him skill and understanding. Now, what is that? We know that those attributes, see, are is Yahweh Elohim or the Holy Spirit is being poured upon Daniel. Just like, well, we'll go back to that. Let me go back to that after. Okay, so we know that um, something's happening to Daniel here. Keep going. At the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision. So we know, uh, see, in the beginning, come to show thee that thou art greatly beloved. We know that Daniel was beloved. Therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision. So this is the, the vision. Keep going. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city. Mm -hmm. to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins 
and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. So that's this is a prophecy, see, of that new covenant that is supposed to uh, take place after Yahshua's death, burial, and resurrection, because that's when uh, uh, Yahshua's um, finishing the work to finish the transgression. See, that's when that transgression is finished, and that is when that sin is to be ended to make an end of sin. That's when that sin is ended with Yahshua's death, burial, and resurrection. Because we know that in the old covenant, <clears throat> see, they had all of that sin that was taking place in that uh, um, old covenant with the law uh, that was given to the children of Israel by Yahweh, see, through Moses, Moses read the law to them daily, and they said, all that Yahweh said, we will do and be obedient. So they, they were committed or made a, a covenant with Yahweh. But see, they did not keep that law. So they sinned constantly, daily, 24-7. They could not keep that law. You're going to go to the carnal ordinance chart? Uh Yes. Can you zoom in on it a little bit? Thank you. See, they had all of these, they had 613 laws, not just the Ten Commandments. They had all of these uh, carnal ordinances that they had to abide by, but they could not. They sinned constantly. So what Yahshua's purpose was, which we can get in Matthew 121, that his name should be called Yahshua, for he shall save his people from their sins. He's saving you from your sin. His people, see, not just the Jews, but his people, see, from their sin. So the, this was only given to the Jews and the Jews only. See, just Bruce and others that are in our, you know, on Yahshua's uh, family that has been born a physical Jew. Nobody else was, was given this Old Testament, see, and they had to abide by this physical cardinal ordinance, but they could not. So they sinned. So, 70 weeks are determined upon the people, upon the holy city, see, to finish the transgression and to make an end of sin. And that's what Yahshua's purpose was. That's why he came into this world, into that physical body, see, to, to uh, take away the sins of the world. And through his blood is how, you know, that sin was taken away. So now we're going to have to get some uh, <clears throat> some scriptures. I'd like to get uh, Jeremiah 31, 31. And I'd like to get um, Colossians. I think it's the 126 or 226. It's going to lay a foundation. Bring up a little bit of 
something at the end, my discourse. Jeremiah 31, 31. Mm -hmm. Behold, the days come, saith Yahweh, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Excuse me, Dave. So behold, the days come, saith Yahweh, that I will make a new covenant. See over here on the, on the uh, right of the chart, a new covenant. I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. See, that's what that was going on here in the old covenant. He's going to make a new covenant with them, not according to the covenant that I made with the house. Read it again. Uh, not Behold, the days come, saith Yahweh, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was a husband unto them, saith Yahweh. See, I told you they broke it. That's why they sinned. They could not keep that covenant. For the life of them, they could not keep it. See? So what, so what happens now? Keep going. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. Mm. So, so this is going to be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. You see how that he dropped that Judah? Because now it's, it's one. It's Israel. See, his, he, he is real. This is... The unity, see, that he is going to make this new covenant with, with so the house of Israel, this is the new covenant. What is it going to be? After those days, saith Yahweh, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their Elohim and they shall be my people. So this new covenant is written in a book that you keep in your pocket. No, oh. this new covenant is written in your heart and in your mind. It's not written in any paper, any book, see, that you carry under your arms. It's written right within you. And that is Yahshua's Holy Spirit in you that that is written in your heart and in your mind. See, so let's, oh boy, oh boy, how much, okay. Um, let's get, um, what did I say, Colossians? Colossians one twenty six. Yes. Even the mystery which hath been hidden from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his sons. Mm-hmm. To whom Yahweh would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, okay. which is Yahshua in you, the mm -hmm. hope of glory. So that was hidden from ages and dispensations because, see, they did not know that because they did not have that heart and that mind back in the old covenant. They did not have it in them. That's why they couldn't keep it. But see, now... 
it's been revealed because it is Yahshua in you, which is that new covenant, which is your salvation. So he went through that death, that burial, and that resurrection, see, uh, for us. Um, And that's why, you know, we see that happening in in our lifetime and in in our daily uh, life, that death, that burial, and that resurrection. You know, don't you see that? Uh, daily in the in the in let's get Romans one nineteen and twenty quick. Just want to show a little bit of something in the creation current events. Romans one nineteen and twenty. Mm-hmm. Because that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest in them, for mm-hmm. Yahweh has shown it unto them. Mm-hmm. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being Mm -hmm. understood by the things that are made, Mm -hmm. even his eternal power and Godhead. So they are are without excuse. So things, the physical things in in the earth or in the creation are showing forth something spiritual or something about Yahweh. See, so his death, burial, and resurrection, and him, his uh, spirit put within you, which is your only hope, which was in Colossians. See, if he didn't go through that death, burial, and resurrection, that new covenant would not uh, be, would not happen and would not been able to, give you your soul salvation. So <clears throat> what I want to do, let me get um, 1 Corinthians 15 and 1, 2, 4 real quick, because I want to show you that I'm not just pulling this death, burial, and resurrection. I want get, to get you a witness on that and how important that is. 1 Corinthians 15, 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also ye have received and in which ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you. Unless now, you- now, you're going to be saved by this. So I'm talking about salvation, and we're talking about putting an end to sin, and, and uh, uh, what did he say? making an end to sin and reconciliation of iniquity and to begin everlasting righteousness to seal up the the vision and prophecy and anoint the most high. We're talking about salvation here, see? So this is what we need to, to, to know or to keep in memory, see, to be saved. So what is this? Keep going. Uh, by which you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. Right. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Yahshua died for our sins, according to the scriptures. Right. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. Right. Okay. So, that's okay. So, this is the gospel, and this is what we are going to be 
saved in. This is what we need to stand in. You see, this is what we need to keep in memory of is that Yahshua died, was buried, and he resurrected, see, uh, on the third day, according to the scriptures. Now, we know that it was the death, the burial, the resurrection on the third, and that, uh, if I can get the elementary chart, he tarried for 40 days. And he, um, you can see the, the principle of that death, burial, and resurrection all the way down through the law and the prophets. But I just want to get it out of the uh, tabernacle pattern to for for the time being, which is the death of the sacrifice. Remember, I told you they sinned. They constantly sinned. So when they sinned, they had to bring an offering to the sacrifice. So that was a constant burning. So there was a death there. There's a, a burial in the water here in the labor because they had to wash. The priest had to wash and the, they had to wash the sacrifice. See, the death, the burial, and the resurrection is this holy anointing oil that was poured on the priest before he entered into the holy place, which is the death, the burial. There's a resurrection in the holy place. Now, in the holy place, there's a principle of 40 because on this lampstand and Peggy, Dr. Margaret Trevison and I spent almost a whole summer way back in the 80s or 90s, maybe. And we went and found 40 knobs and flowers and knobs and something on that uh, table um, oil stick, the lampstand. And I'm telling you, it's there. And I believe that there's 40 steps um, from the, I can't remember, but I know there's a 40 principle in the holy place. See, and then up here, you have an ascension in the most holy place, see, where Yahweh uh, dwells. So you have a principle of death, burial, Resurrection, 40, okay, and then ascension. So, Yahshua, see, death, well, let me go down here to where he um, was baptized. See, what, what we have here, whoa, whoa, you got... Uh, Where he went up, I think it's over here, Dennis. He got the where he went up into the one more over. We got blood, which is death. We got water, which is burial. We nope, one more over, Dennis. Spirit, which is the next one, the unity. Because he went, I think that's it. When he went up into the mountain, got uh, uh. Oh, no, you're right. Yeah, he was up there 40, 40 days, tempted of the devil. Right, you got it. Yep, 40. So you got death, burial, resurrection, and 40 right there. Yep, he was up there 40 days. So you have your death, burial, resurrection, 40. 
So, I mean, you can run those 40s all the way through. Um, if we had a, uh, we had Mitchell's charts or the three series charts, he has them all the way through. Uh, oh, you have, oh yeah, there you go. I mean, those 40s just jump out at you. He, he was really good at, bringing out those 40s all the way down through the charts. It was amazing. And we worked with them a lot. I mean, I don't have time to go through them, but if you want them, you can see them on, those, on, the, on the, the charts there where he worked with those 40s down through the law and the profits. So, okay, we got a chat here that says 10 cubits between each vessel in the holy place. Thank you, Sean. So that would be 40. Thank you, Sean. <clears throat> so now I want to just work with an article that I worked with uh, last week in Ithaca, which would be the miracle of the children and the Amazon. I just want to pick up a couple of uh, uh, principles that I have on the article that I sent out in an email. Okay. So I know that they... Um, <laughs> <clears throat> the children <clears throat> were on a plane coming from um, a bad part of town in Colombia um, to meet their father that was already um, stationed or living in a better part of the country away from the rebels. So um, he sent wanted them the mother and the four chil children um so they were saying that the mystery of why the 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 plane they were even coming were on the plane was because they were they were in bondage where they were living <laughs> So they wanted to leave there to go to a better land or a better place to live. So you see how they were in bondage. It's just like the children of Israel. We're going to correlate them to the children of Israel down in Egypt or that they were in bondage. They, and they wanted to join their father. Um, <clears throat> yep. Well, let's go back. Yep. Down to the children of Israel were down in bondage or down in. Egypt and bondage. So, um, so they, uh, miracle 40, they were 40 days, see, in, in the, in the jungle. And, uh, let's see, what did I just want to say here? Uh, they had, uh, there were 13, four kids, right? And the helicopters hover over the area around the crash site. Um, they were sending messages down, uh, dropping packages of food. So they were in bondage down there and they were dead. They thought they were dead. They were buried. Uh, and that Amazon forest was so thick with clouds you know, that they couldn't, they couldn't even see them. So they, 
I'm looking at them as being through the Red Sea because the plane, they left the plane. So they left where the crash was. So I'm seeing them in the Red Sea and they're wandering through that Red Sea and they couldn't even see them from, from the sky because it was so thick, uh, the forest, that they couldn't even see them uh, from the sky. And then they uh, named it Operation Hope because <laughs> they believed that they were still alive. And especially the, the father kept saying that they were still alive and the grandmother. Now, the mother died. So I'm looking at that as them. Uh, well, let me let me let me. I'll, I'll save that for later. So they were through the Red Sea, right? Now, once they got through the Red Sea, they're wandering in the wilderness, right? So they're dead, buried. They're wandering in the wilderness, right? And then they were dropping food from the sky, to them. So there's the manna coming down from the sky. <clears throat> and they also were uh, afraid that they were going to get, oh, where is it, attacked by uh, certain animals. They didn't understand how they could survive uh, all of these different uh Tiny flies and vast carpet keep it moving. Uh, what were they talking about? The Oh, I know what they said. They said the children were found with rags wrapped around their feet. <laughs> and I could see that where, when they were in the wilderness of Sinai, didn't uh, Yahweh... Uh, provide them with shoes on their feet. I thought that was so cool that they knew how to protect their feet. But while they were in the wilderness, um, there was, there were certain uh, animals that, you know, they were afraid of that they were going to, they couldn't understand how they survived all of these, these, different uh, things that were going on, you know, in the, in the Amazon, but they realized that the children um, had, especially the oldest one, they would have needed to draw on at their knowledge in order to survive from the grandmother. So they had the, the knowledge of the grandmother or, you know, Moses giving them the understanding from Yahweh, see, to survive the wilderness. I thought that was pretty cool, too. And the grandmother would, um, <clears throat> yeah, the education the children got from their grandmother, uh, a respected elder in the, in the indigenous territory, was almost certainly vital to their survival. I thought that was pretty cool. And they said in the um, Fox uh, 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 TV show there the other night that the 
the grandmother would um, be up in the helicopter and uh, calling for them out of a PA system, you know, so there was, she had that voice from heaven uh, speaking to them. Uh, Let's see, a joy of the world. Okay, so hope, ancestor knowledge of the thing, wrap their feet, uh, cloud covered the, okay. So now the children, finally they found them and there was, there was something about too. They uh, they were afraid uh, to um, when they were trying to get captured uh, or get rescued. They were afraid to come out because you know the rebels and the guerrillas. They were afraid that they were going to get captured by them. So you can see how the mystery of iniquity was. Um, right there in the in the wilderness with them or in the Amazon with them. <clears throat> so then they got ascended into uh, the plane uh, individually, right? <clears throat> so they got ascended into heaven. So now they're in, they're rescued. So you got your death, burial, and the resurrection, and they were in there 40 days. Right. And after 40 days, they were captured. They resurrected or uh, saved. Okay, so now I see them in Canaan's land and they on the TV show of Fox um, yesterday, I believe, or the day before, it says they will become popular now. They're not going to go back to the villages that they lived in before. They will have. Brand new houses now, the four children. And I thought, oh my goodness, look at that. You know, here they are in Canaan's land. And what did they come? They came into Canaan's land and what? The the uh, houses were already built for them. <laughs> I thought that was so cool. And you see how that, you know, here, Yahshua, death, burial, and resurrection 40, you know, how many years years ago and it's still happening you know we still can look out in the creation and see how that Yahshua is still showing us how that he he can show us that he is real and that he is still working in this creation and showing us hope because it's it was project hope See, and that he is, he has, uh, he has brand new homes, see, waiting for us, right? Many mansions, and that is his body that we make up and that it, we have hope, you know, our 10th our aim and hope of immortal glorification, see? And it's just so pretty that we can see this happening in our uh in the creation and showing forth a witness oh boy it just warmed my heart because you know it came out it it came out around the time of uh june 6th right (laughs) i mean how it happened june 9th i believe 
I mean, how much closer, you know, to, to, can you get to it, you know? And it came to, came around the time right after my, my sister's funeral and, you know, going through all of that grief. And for me, it was just a sign of hope, you know, that, you know, Yeshua, he's still here, still got you, you know, so, uh, he still got us all, you know, and I hope that gave you hope. It gave me hope and, uh, you know, sorry for my stumbling, but uh, all praises to Yashua. You know, I hope you got something out of that. And I'll turn it back to the moderator. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, Dr. Welch. And my name is Dave Frankowski, your moderator, and I'll be your next speaker, as I've just been advised. So I really enjoyed uh what the first speaker had to say. Um, there's so much to this teaching and there's so much that the outside world and that all of us here on this Zoom call probably have been taught and it's not the truth. We've been deceived. And as some of our other uh, brethren have said is, you don't know, you, you don't know what you don't know. So if you don't know you're deceived, you're not gonna realize it. And that starts with the name as uh, our first, our previous speaker was talking about, um, you know, our creator has a name and it was given to Moses at the burning bush. And it wasn't Jesus and it wasn't Jehovah and it wasn't any of those uh, names that were, that are used nowadays. Uh, in religion and all over, because as we know, there was no J in the Hebrew, Greek, or Latin languages to this day. And there was not a J in our own English language until 1400 years after the death of the Messiah. So if there was no J in, if there is no J in the Hebrew, Greek, or Latin languages today, then how could there have been one back at the burning bush? way back when. So it just a lot of deception going on out there and we know uh, who's behind it. And let's get, uh, I believe it's Revelation and we'll read about uh, some of that uh, deception. And there's also another scripture, which I'll try to find, but if someone would start at Revelation uh, 12 and seven, please. Okay. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out that old serpent called the devil and Satan who deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. So he was cast out into the earth, and that's where we all are right now. Uh, he's the one that's that's doing all the deception, all the uh, strife, everything in this creation uh, that's happening. And he's doing that because Yahweh created the devil uh, for a, 
an adversary and to show us the difference the between good and evil the contrast between good and evil and i'm going to try to find that other other scripture where he deceived the whole world on me might be second thessalonians two and three might be something there Oh, okay, yeah. I'm sorry. It was 12 and 12. Thank you, Dennis. Yeah, let's continue on further to Revelation 12 and 12. Okay. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our Elohim and the power of Yahshua for the accuser of our brethren is cast down who accused them before our Elohim day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. So the devil has come down to all of us. The inhabitants of the earth and the sea. So there's nobody that's going to escape him. And Yahshua, when, when his spirit is put in you, he is protecting you. The spirit is protecting you from that mystery of iniquity. Yes, he can still get at you, but he's not going to shake you if you have that spirit in you. He's not going to shake you. He's not going to shake your confidence. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to, to make you deny that Yahshua is real or to make you deny that uh, he, is, he died and was buried and resurrected. Or he's trying to uh, make you not see the blood, water, spirit, 40, all those uh, charts and everything and all the information on those charts. He's trying to make, trying to make you believe that that's not true. And you know, we have to be able to discern, uh, you know, that, that that's what's going on. And uh, one of our aims is to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer. So we know that um, that's a very important part of this teaching. We have to be aware that he's there and that he was created uh, for a purpose and that uh, he has a short time and he's going to do his job very well as as uh, we know that he is because he's a uh, a worthy adversary uh, for the creator. He's not going to win. We know he's not going to win. It's a fixed fight, but he's there to uh, to show that contrast and to as the uh, scripture says to give you some understanding and. Uh, when when your creator, when your the Holy Spirit is in you, you're going to get some of these visions from him, and he's going to show you these things uh, and give you an understanding. So let's uh, go back to the scripture in Daniel, and let's start at let's start at verse eleven, please. 
Daniel 9-11? Yes. Yea, O Israel, have transgressed thy law, even by departing, that they might not obey thy voice. Therefore the curse is poured upon us, and the oath that is written in the law of Moses, the servant of Yahweh, because we have sinned against him. So all of Israel has transgressed thy law. And that was that law that was given to them at Mount Sinai after they were brought out of bondage and into the wilderness of Sinai. And they were given that law at the base of Mount Sinai. And that's a covenant. That was a covenant. They, they basically were married, had an agreement with the creator and all of Israel transgressed the law. As our previous speaker said, it wasn't just your 10 commandment laws that, that Christianity has brought past the cross and is teaching everyone today. It was also 600 and some odd laws that they couldn't keep as well. And some of those laws were set up that way because Yahweh knew they weren't going to keep them. He knew it. But for example, if I've been taught in this class that if a baby was born and needed to be circumcised on the eighth day and it happened to be falling on the Sabbath, they were going to break a law. So Yahweh knew that they could not keep keep those laws. Uh, go ahead. And, uh, and that was the first covenant which they break. And that's why there was a need for a second, co another covenant, a new covenant. Go ahead, Shun. Sorry. Verse and he had okay. confirmed his words, which he spake against us and against our judges that judged us by bringing upon us a great evil. For under the whole heaven hath not been done as had been done upon Jerusalem. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this evil is come upon us, yet made we not our prayer before Yahweh our Elohim that we might turn from our iniquities and understandeth thy truth. So they're, they're all trying to keep this law and they know, or they can't keep it and they just don't understand. And they've got to turn, what they don't understand is they need to turn to Yahweh, their Elohim. And so he's going to be the one that's going to forgive them of their iniquities and give them the understanding of his truth. Because we cannot do this on our own. Mm -hmm. Our creator is running the show. Our creator is, is the one that's, that's breathing life in everybody, that's animating everybody. I know out in the world, and I was taught, you know, you have a free will. Uh, you know, your creator is up there above sun, moon, and stars, and he's watching you, and he's hoping you do good, but if you don't, there's always confession you can go to and, and get on his good side again. So, again, more deception and more, um, more untruth 
that the mystery of iniquity is pouring out and deceiving the whole world with. Uh, go ahead, please. Okay, 14. Therefore hath Yahweh watched upon the evil and brought it upon us, for Yahweh our Elohim is righteous in all his works which he had done, for we obeyeth not his voice. So Yah Yahweh our Elohim is righteous. There is no unrighteousness in him, and all his works are righteous, even though it might not seem that way. Uh, and as we know, our thoughts are not his thoughts. His thoughts are not our thoughts. <clears throat> his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And so we just, we have to trust him. We have to turn to him. And we have to um, fight that mystery of iniquity that is constantly on all of us. And until that day when he's taken out of the way and in these the next age we won't have to worry about being uh you know badgered and beaten up by by that mystery of iniquity there won't be he will not be able to be, he won't be there he will not be able to be there that's a very good thought uh mm. that we have something way better waiting for us than what we have here mm -hmm. so we all want to we all want to um, know that this isn't all there is, that there is way more than this. And as I've been, I've learned in this class and I've heard people preach that Dr. Kinley said, our founder, if you could have just a not whole view of what's waiting for you on the other side, you would, you would be all in. So, uh, you know, we just have to hang in there and, and not be uh, deceived and try to continue on, even though sometimes we feel it's a lot of repetition and a lot of, uh, you know, the same, same things we go over and over. But as the founder said, you're going to need all this stuff. You're going to need it. You're going to, it's going to be your weapons of war against the devil. And it's not a physical war. It's a spiritual war. And that's what the new covenant is about, is, as the first speaker had, had mentioned as well. Um, it's not physical anymore. Let's get that one. I don't know where it's at right now, but the weapons of war are not physical, where it describes all the um, our weapons that we're given spiritually, if anyone knows where that's Ephesians at. Ephesians 6 and 12. Thank you, Sasha. Ephesians 6 and 12. Yeah, also try 2 Corinthians 10 and 4. Yeah, that's it. Okay, Ephesians 6 and 12. First of all. You can start at 11. Okay. Uh, put on the whole armor of Yahweh that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So Yahweh, our creator, is giving us armor protection armor is protection in the physical sense the warriors wore metal armor whatever so they weren't stabbed by all the weapons that were used back then so our creator is giving us 
weapons and armor, but they're not physical. They're spiritual. Go ahead. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So even though we're in this world, we have to try and, well, we know Yahweh does it. We have to ask him to give us that strength to not wrestle against the flesh because it's temporary. It's only the flesh. And against principalities, we know that the mystery of iniquity is working in all those high places, in finance, in uh, religion, in politics. All those uh, rulers and all those high-powered uh, high, uh, entities, the mystery of iniquity, he's got himself planted in there. Go ahead, please. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of Yahshua, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. So he's telling, our creator's telling you that take, take it, take advantage of this, of this armor that I'm providing you, and you're going to need it. You're going to need it to withstand that, that devil. He is the evil day. He is evil. Go ahead. Stand therefore, having your loins girded about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. So having your loins girded about with truth and truth is Yahshua. Yahshua is truth. He's going he's gonna to give you everything you need to fight that the false, falsehoods and the lies of the devil because he is truth. Truth is not physical. It is a spiritual or a uh, invisible principle. And then having on the breastplate of righteousness, a suit of armor, the breastplate would be made of armor or something uh, that strong where it would withstand some force. And our breastplate, that's where our heart is. So we need... Uh, we need something to protect a very vital part of us. And the breastplate of righteousness is what he's giving us. Go ahead. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And all this that we're hearing tonight and every night and every class we go to, that's what we're standing in. That's our foundation is the gospel of peace. He's telling you the truth, and the devil is twisting it. And so as long as you're, you have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and your foundation, you're in a good place. You will be protected from that devil. Continue. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And I'm going to have you go ahead and finish down to 20, and then we're going to get something about faith there. Okay. And take the helmet of salvation and the word of, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of Yahweh, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit 
and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the sons. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds that in this I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So this gospel is the, and you're going to take on the helmet of salvation the, and the sword of the spirit, the spirit, which is the word of Yahweh, which is Yahshua. The spirit in you, the spirit's going to protect you, and the spirit is going to teach you as well. So when we were reading in 16 there, I, I see the faith there. Above all, taking the shield of faith. And if we go over to, it's, uh, and I'm not sorry, I'm not sure where that's at. But faith is, comes by hearing, and it's a gift. Mm. It's uh, Romans uh, 10th chapter. Right. Thank you again, Sasha. Romans 10. Uh, Around 17 or so. Oh, yes, you're right. Yes, Romans, Romans 10, 17. Hmm. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of Elohim. Okay, yeah, that's here. Yeah, there's one other where faith is, uh, I'm trying to think of how it goes. It's a gift, and it's not earned. It's a gift, free gift from Yahweh. It's uh, Ephesians 2 and 8, 8 and 9. Ephesians 2 and 8. Ephesians 2 and 8. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is a gift of Yahweh, not of works, lest any man should boast. So there you go. For by grace ye are saved through faith, and faith is the substance that's what it is faith is the substance of things uh-huh that's the one i was looking for yeah faith that's hebrews 11 and 1 All that's right. the one i was looking yeah. for so faith so by hold that one for a second linda uh -huh. so by grace ye are saved through faith and not through yourselves so right there most religions out there they want you to to do all the works to get your salvation or to get grace works do not come faith does not come by works faith is by grace and it is not of ourselves it is a gift of yahweh right so go ahead and hit get hebrews then that's what i was looking for hebrews 11 and 1 now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen so there you go. Faith, if if Yahshua is faith, he is not seen. He is in us spiritually. So faith is a sub. It is a substance, and we know the substance of our Creator is those nine attributes. So there is substance to our Creator. It's not. He didn't create us out of nothing. He created us from His attributes. 
Okay, go ahead. Um, uh, for by it, the elders received witness or received a, obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of Yahweh, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Go ahead and drop down to six, please. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to Yahweh must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So without faith, it is impossible to please him. So he has to give us that faith. We can't work up on it by ourselves. It's a gift. It comes from our creator. And we cometh, Yahweh draws us in and we come to him in our times of troubles, in our good times. And we ask him for, to bolster us, to help us, to fight the wiles of the devil. Uh, and if we have no faith, uh, we're never going to, we're never going to get that because without faith, you, you can't please him. And he, he also says that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And as we know, you can have a zeal for Yahweh, but if it's not according to knowledge, it's not going to do you any good. So you have to go, as the previous speaker said, you have to go back to the law and the prophets and to all those writings that taught, that told of our creator and Yahshua. And you have to look at that and diligently seek, read the scriptures, diligently seek him for you'll find that knowledge of him in the scriptures. So faith is, is a gift. And, and that is one of the biggest um, misconceptions of religion is that, you know, they, they expect you to do things to earn your salvation. Thank you. I see the sign. Because they're going to go out of business if they don't have uh, a good assembly to donate to their causes and to keep them afloat, you know, to keep them going. Nothing against the Catholics. I have a family and a lot of friends Catholic. It's the teachings, the principles that they're, that they're teaching are not uh, based in knowledge and truth. So I want to say to everybody, uh, hang in there and keep, keep the faith. Um, you know, look to your creator, look to Yahshua. Uh, don't look to Jesus or Jehovah, because as we've learned, those names are not the names that are going to save you. Uh, salvation is only in uh, one name, and that's Yahshua the Messiah. So at this time, I'm going to say thank you and all praises go to Yahshua, our Savior. And I will call on our third speaker this afternoon, which will be Dr. Diane Emler from our Oceanside, California class. Uh, good evening, everybody. Um, I think it's evening for everybody now. So I have enjoyed class very much 
and uh, the first two speakers um, brought out a lot of good points. Uh, so my difficulty is uh, trying to uh, pick up on one or two of those points with the time remaining. Um, let's go back. Uh, there was a verse that I thought Dave wanted, uh, but it ended up being a different verse. Anyways, <laughs> Second uh, Corinthians, the 10th chapter. Um, Pick it up at two, and we'll read down, oh, we'll see how far we get. So just 2 Corinthians 10 and 2. 2 and 10. 2 and 10. Thank you. <laughs> but I beseech you that, ye, that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence wherewith I think to be bold against some which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. Now, uh, the new covenant, of course, was discussed all day. And the difference between... Uh, the overall difference between the old and the new covenant, you could simply put that the old covenant was after the flesh, meaning it had fleshly ways of worship, physical water baptisms, physical uh, circumcision, physical... Uh, uh, priesthood and ceremonies, physical laws, physical Ten Commandments. And we read that this old uh, covenant was only a type and a shadow uh, so that we can understand the new covenant. Now, Yahshua, the a correct name for the Messiah, Yahshua, which means Yahweh is salvation, came in and fulfilled that old covenant. Uh, he uh, was physically water baptized by John at the Jordan River. But he was, that was not the first time that anyone had been physically baptized. Uh, the priests under the law uh, were baptized. There were the Hebrews who uh, were baptized by John before Yahshua got there. In Corinthians, we read that Israel was baptized coming up out of Egypt 
in the Red Sea, that they were baptized in the cloud and in the sea. So to think that Yahshua started or instituted physical water baptism it's not possible. It had already begun, so he could not start it. And as John said, uh, that Yahshua was coming not to physical, physically uh, baptized, but he came in to baptize in the Holy Spirit and with fire. And that baptism first took place uh, on June 6th uh, in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, where all of his uh, disciples, uh, plus many more, there were a total of 120 in the upper room when they were baptized. There was cloven tongues of fire that sat on them, and they were baptized with the Holy Spirit or filled with that Holy Spirit. Now, uh, run and get me uh, uh, Colossians 1 and 26. And I want to just for a moment talk about this Holy Spirit, because when I grew up in church, I didn't really know what the Holy Spirit was. I had friends that were Pentecostal who uh, said that they went to church and a uh, magical thing happened and they started to speak in tongues that nobody could understand and act crazy and that that meant that they got the Holy Spirit. I don't know what the benefit was from that point on, but that's what they thought getting the Holy Spirit was. Uh, in Catholicism, they teach that the Holy Spirit is God, but it's also described as a bird, uh, a dove. So the dove is the Holy Spirit uh, who's God, but then you don't really hear about the dove afterwards. I don't know where the dove went. So what I want you to see is this Holy Spirit is something. It's not just a good feeling, and it's not a dove. So uh, uh one in 26. Even the mystery which hath been hidden from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his sons. Uh, that's not what I want. I want um, John. I'm oh. sorry. Uh, oh, John 14. John 14. Okay. Oh, 14 and 26? Yes. Okay. But the comforter who is the Holy Spirit, 
Now, this is the Messiah, Yahshua, speaking to his disciples uh, before uh, he went through his death and burial. And he told them this whole 14th chapter is really astounding. And if you have time, please read through it. Uh, but he's telling his disciples that he is going to uh, leave. And uh, they weren't very happy about that. He had been their comfort for the entire three and a half years he was with them. And when I say comfort, I mean, uh, they didn't worry about uh, being arrested because he took care of them. They didn't worry about where they were gonna eat or uh, provide shelter and questions about the faith he answered and he took care of them. And he had caused, Yahshua had caused quite a stir in Jerusalem. And the Romans weren't very happy with him. And the priests uh, uh, and the Sadducees were not very happy with him. And they were all against him because of what he said and did. And because of that, uh, he took care of them and comforted them. And now he's telling his disciples that he's going to leave. And they're afraid. So pick it up again. That would be John 14, 26. But the comforter, who is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. Now, he the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. So we're not talking about a dove. The comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. So what is the name of the Holy Spirit? It's Yahshua. So the name of the Holy Spirit is Yahshua. Read. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I have said unto you. So here it is that Yahshua is telling them. them forever and uh uh he is going to comfort them he the holy spirit will be sent or have the name of yahshua and he is the one that's going to teach you all things and bring all things whatsoever he said to them back to their remembrance. So that is the Holy Spirit. So in the new covenant, the Holy Spirit 
we will be baptized with fire and the Holy Spirit or Yahshua. We will be inundated or immersed in Yahshua. On that day of Pentecost, in the upper room, that Holy Spirit, or Yahshua, entered into them in the upper room. So this is that Holy Spirit, or Yahshua, in them. And that's quite different than getting splashed with water. He fulfilled that uh, 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 physical water baptism, meaning he performed it. He fulfilled it and brought it to an end. And he ushered in this age of grace or this spiritual or new covenant that we read about in Jeremiah 31. So um, let's go back over to uh, 2 Corinthians 10. Uh, and uh, Sharon, pick that up at 2 again. Okay. But I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence wherewith I think to be bold against some which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Now we walk in the flesh. And we war against that mystery of iniquity that Dave was talking about. So we walk in the flesh, but we don't war after the flesh. Uh, we uh, are not like religions out here that have holy wars, uh, kill people, uh, torture people. It's been going on for a very long time, but our warfare is not after the flesh. Go ahead and read. Or though, oh, sorry. For, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not carnal, which simply means physical. Read. Right. But mighty through Elohim to the pulling down of strongholds. Read. Casting down imaginations. Oh, stop. <laughs> Our warfare is to cast down imaginations. Hmm. There is the, the word imaginations comes from the word image. Uh, so an image and an imagination are the same thing. Oh, I, I'm just not going to get where I'm. Go over to stay there and get me Deuteronomy uh, 4 and 10. Mm -hmm. 
Deuteronomy 4 and 10. 4 and... Okay. I think you might want 9. But especially the day. Oh, okay. Especially the day that thou stoodest before Yahweh thy Elohim in Horeb, when Yahweh said unto me, gather me the people together, and I will make them hear my words that they may learn to fear me all the days that they shall live upon the earth. All right. So what we've got here is uh, the second telling of the law. And what uh, Moses is writing is he's talking about the children of Israel when they came up out of Egypt uh, into the wilderness of Sinai and came to Mount Sinai. And it was there at Mount Sinai that that first covenant was spoken in. And being raised in Christianity, uh, I understood that that is where the Ten Commandments came into existence. And as they spoke in the Ten Commandments and uh, the other 600 laws, Israel said, all that you have said, we will do. Um, and right then and there was that covenant made. And it was given to the Jews and the Jews only. Uh, and that's another train of thought. But this is where this new or fleshly or the old, the fleshly, the Mosaic covenant came into existence. So as Moses is retelling He's telling Israel, now especially, I want you to remember this. So you can go on to 11. And ye came near and stood under the mountain, and the mountain burned with fire unto the midst of heaven, with darkness, clouds, and thick darkness. As someone once said years ago, they came and stood under the mountain, they did not understand, but they stood under. Mm. They, they stood under the mountain where Yahweh uh, showed himself as a cloud. And that cloud, they described with darkness and thick darkness. And it also was uh, at night. Uh, a cloud of fire, pillar of fire by night. Go ahead and read. And Yahweh Elohim spoke unto you out of the midst of the fire. Ye heard the voice of the words, but saw no similitude. Now they heard a voice, but they saw no similitude. What's similitude? Turn on your... Uh, 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 Microphones. Someone tell me what similitude is. Anybody know what similitude? Somebody has on the screen form. D has it on form. Okay. Form. Okay. Any? Yeah, that's correct. Anybody else? Shape. Shape. It's a shape and a form. Um, and we're not going to have time to go to the dictionary, but they saw no similitude or image. Thank you, B. 
so there was no shape or form. They saw no image. All they did was hear a voice. Go ahead and read. Yeah, only he heard a voice. And he declared unto you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform, even ten commandments. And he wrote them upon two tables of stone. Read. And Yahweh Elohim commanded me at that time to teach you statutes and ordinances that ye might do them in the land which ye go over to possess. Keep reading. Take ye therefore good heed unto yourselves, for ye saw no manner of similitude on the day that Yahweh Elohim spoke unto you in Horeb out of the midst of the fire. Now, the opposing to that is in the 24th chapter of Exodus. Uh, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 uh, elders came to the midpoint of Mount Sinai, and they looked and they saw a shape in a form and described it as having hands, feet, and a body, but a body of heaven in its clearness. Now, that was a heavenly body. It was not flesh and blood. And John describes it in John 1.1 as the word. And that word uh, was with Yahweh and was Yahweh. And it was that word that created all things. And that's why in Genesis, it says that he spoke spoke in the creation, let there be light. That is the word of Yahweh speaking. So at the base of Mount Sinai, they heard a voice, but they didn't see a shape and form. Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, they saw that shape and form. Now, go ahead and read. Uh lest ye corrupt yourselves and make you a carved or graven image. Okay, the... why don't you back that verse up? Because I interrupted in a bad place. Okay, <laughs> okay. I'll, yeah, I'll start at 15. Take ye therefore good heed unto yourselves, for ye saw no manner of similitude on the day that Yahweh Elohim spoke unto you in Horeb out of the midst of the fire. Right lest ye corrupt yourselves and make you a carved or graven image, the similitude of any figure, the likeness of male or female, the likeness of any beast that is on the earth, the likeness of any winged fowl that flieth in the air, the likeness, of, the likeness of anything that creepeth on the ground, the likeness of any fish that is in the waters beneath the earth. And lest thou, and lest, Thou lift up thine eyes unto heaven, and when thou seest the sun and the moon and the stars, even all the host of heaven, shouldest be driven to worship them and serve them, which Yahweh thy Elohim hath divided unto all nations under the whole heaven. Now, they were told not to make an image of anything in the sky, in the water, in the earth, any place you look, don't make an image because you never saw anything. So if you never saw anything and yet you're making an image, 
you have to recognize that that's coming from your imagination. Mm-hmm. You're making it up because you never saw it. So how can you make an image? Uh, to digress just a second, Moses went up on top of Mount Sinai and he had a conversation with the word of Yahweh and saw how the creation came into existence by the pattern of the word or the pattern of the tabernacle. Now, there you have right on Mount Sinai, not three different gods, but one. But depending on where you were standing in relationship to the mountain or the relationship to Yahweh, depended on what you saw. Moses saw and understood. Here in the midpoint of Mount Sinai, they saw a heavenly form. And at the bottom of the mountain, they looked up. They heard a voice, but didn't understand anything. There are not three gods on that mountain. There is but one. But your understanding can be different depending, uh, or your description of Yahweh will be different depending on your understanding, if that makes sense. So, They're down here at the bottom of the mountain. They looked up. They didn't see anything. So anything they come up with is just an imagination because they did not hear or see anything. They didn't understand anything. So in this class, our founder had the divine vision and revelation given to him by the word of Yahweh himself or Yahweh himself. And then he told us that just because I said that, don't believe it, you make me prove it. And that's how we understand the pattern of the word or the pattern of the tabernacle proven through creation uh, and in the Bible and everywhere that you look. But if he had not received that divine vision and revelation, anything he talked about would just be an imagination. It's the same way with the uh, uh, prophets. Uh, Jeremiah spoke uh, to the word of Yahweh. Isaiah, the word of Yahweh spoke to him. Uh, uh, Jonah, the word spoke to him. Noah received that vision and spoke directly to the creator. Everyone that have spoken anything true about the creator is because they've gotten it from the creator himself. 
And if you haven't gotten it from the creator himself, then it's nothing more than an imagination or an idol, an image. All right. Mm -hmm. Now let's go back uh, to Second Corinthians. Pick it up at four again, Sharon. For the weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through Elohim to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high things that exalted itself against the knowledge of Elohim and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of the Messiah. All right. So what we are trying to do in this class is to let you know what is the imagination and what is the real deal. What is actually the creator and what is the idol? And if it's whoever you're following has not spoken to the creator or been shown by the creator, then what you've got is an idol. That's all there is. Now, Dave talked a little bit about the Roman Catholic Church, who claims to be the Christian church. They claim that Peter was the first pope. Uh, and I, I, I let me just do one thing here. Uh, in, boy, there was a great schism with the church uh, the difference between the Roman Catholic Church and the Eastern Orthodox Church. And there were many disagreements, but one of the main disagreements uh, that you have is about uh, the veneration of idols or the worshiping of idols. And I just want to show you uh, let me get this a quick article up here uh, so that I can just make this as clear as I can. In Exodus, the 20, uh, 20th chapter, and we've read about uh, uh, Israel... Uh, receiving this Ten Commandments. And it is in the, uh, uh, I can't do two things at once, so I have to talk then <laughs> for the article. All right. Uh, in the Bible, uh, in the 20th chapter of Exodus, uh, it lists the uh, Ten Commandments that were spoken in, uh, and then written on tables of stone. Uh, there were actually first set got broken, uh, and it wasn't the it was the second one that made it into the tabernacle. Uh, but what I'd like to do is go 
briefly through this Ten Commandments. Uh, give me a second. I did this so it'd be easier. Now it's ending up being harder. So there's my thoughts. Uh, the Ten Commandments, and why don't you just go over to the 20th chapter of Exodus and pick those up? I'm not sure the verse. Okay. Um Let's see. Uh, okay, so I'm going to start Exodus 20 and 3. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Okay, so that's uh, the first commandment. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Go ahead. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. And we really just read that in the second telling. Thank you. I see five minutes. Uh, that thou shalt not make any other uh, graven images. Go ahead and read. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, Yahweh the Elohim, am a jealous Elohim visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. All right. One more. Okay. Thou shalt not take the name of Yahweh thy Elohim in vain. All right. Go ahead. Finish oh. that out. Okay. For Yahweh will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Now I'm going to stop there and you can read them if you remember. Uh, you're supposed to remember the Sabbath day. Honor your father and mother. Do not kill. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness. And don't covet. Mm -hmm. um, so the Roman Catholics teach the Ten Commandments as the Protestants and the Jews do. So their Ten Commandments start out, I am Yahweh your Elohim, and ye shall have no other gods before me. Number two, ye shall not take the name of Yahweh your Elohim in vain. What was your third one? Do you remember right there? Uh, 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 well, let me see. First one was no gods, no graven image. And then I think that was the third one. Take the name of Yahweh the Elohim in vain. Really about graven image. Okay. What's your second one? Um, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. All right. Or but likeness. This is odd because the Catholics have it. You shall not have any other gods before me, but their number two is 
you shall not take the name of Yahweh your Elohim in vain. And then they go down to remember to keep the holy day, uh, the Sabbath day, and mm -hmm. honor father and mother. You know what? They do not have, thou shall not make any graven images in their Ten Commandments. Hmm. They've left it out. I wonder why. So they literally have changed the Ten Commandments and they they make a different commandment, two commandments. And what they have done is taken that commandment out altogether. They don't teach the people that you shall have no graven images. Because everything in the church is images. Mm -hmm. You go... It, it's everywhere. They even have Mary as a graven image. They have they venerate statues. There's the stations of the cross they venerate or honor or give. Im Do you understand what I'm saying? Down here, Yahweh told them, don't make any images because if you do, it's going to be your imaginations. And the Roman Catholic Church, the mother church, did not like that and just left it out. They not only uh, uh, are they changing it, they're just leaving it out altogether. Because why should they teach something they want to do? And it doesn't make any difference what God said about it, what Yahweh said about it. They have just changed it so the people are not taught not to, uh, not to worship idols. Folks, you've got to check what it is that people are teaching you. Check it out because it means your eternal life. And I'm sorry I went a little bit over. I just looked at the clock. Uh, we could discuss this for a long time, but that's it for today. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Emler. We'd like to thank everybody who joined us today on our Zoom class, and we'd also like to thank those who have viewed us on YouTube. We hold our Zoom class every Saturday from 4 to 6 p.m. Pacific time. At this time, I'd like to ask the class to stay muted until the live stream has ended. We'll now be dismissed by the doxology, which is taken from the last two verses of the book of Jude. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time and now and ever. Let us all say, Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.